Liberty Station is brought to you by my good friends at Devoted Capital, where they believe how you profit matters. They're dedicated to helping you align your investments with your values, empowering you to a life well-lived. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show on Liberty Station. And on today's episode, you know, we're fighting to be a threat to the Great Reset. And this episode's going to be great because I get to spend some time with a new friend, Evan Copelson, who wrote a book called Demystifying Crypto. And we're going to talk about a subject I think that people are um, not in a panic about, which they should be in a panic about. So, Evan, how are you? I'm doing great, Bryce. Thanks for having me. It's good to be with you. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad you came in. And uh, you gave me an advanced copy of the book, and I was able to go through that. And um, what the reason why, like immediately when I saw the title and you wanted me to, to review it, I thought, okay, this guy gets it. Because the central bank digital currency which we just learned today, and um, I mean, this will uh, episode will air a couple of days from today, but we just learned that they began a 12-week pilot program for this thing, and I personally believe that this is the most dangerous thing happening to liberty today anywhere in the world. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more about that. Um, clearly, that's why I, I wrote the book, because we're living in this time, which is the... The gateways are opening to the doorways of evil, and uh, yeah, the amen. CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, is the programmable token that's going to bring everybody there. Yeah, so um, before we get into the details on that, um, tell me just a little bit about your background, because you are a pretty interesting guy, and you have a lot mm -hmm. in your background that is uh, you know, at least worth uh, uh, touching upon, but um, you know, you, you're, you're an interesting man, so uh, lay it out. Thank you, my brother. Um, okay, so pretty simply, I was born in New York uh, in the 60s. Uh, my family moved to Beverly Hills when I was young, uh, about third, fourth grade, moved out here. Um, my mom died of cancer when I was a kid, so I have uh, a lot of experience with kind of that traumatic loss uh, and also uh, questioning the medical establishment that kind of came later. And that interestingly ties into this too, but we can get into that later. Uh, my father was a lawyer. He became, uh, I'll say rest in peace. My dad, uh, it's, I'm trying to get, now that I'm a new Christian, I'm, I'm telling him, I, I call him my dad because my father's in heaven. He created the universe. He's all of our fathers. Amen. I Amen, yeah. try to make that uh, distinction. But my dad became a pretty big Hollywood producer and produced, uh, he was an Academy Award winner, Oscar-winning producer for uh, the movie Platoon. Yeah. Uh, I worked on that movie. I worked on a bunch of movies with him in development, um, produced a documentary actually in Auschwitz uh, and a feature film at the same time called Triumph of the Spirit that was uh, starring Willem Dafoe. And I mentioned that because as uh, a lot of the COVID tyranny has been taking hold over the last few years, there's, of course, Nazi references are flying left and right uh, on both sides. And so um, having spent four months in Auschwitz, I have some pretty strong views about that as well. Um, later on, went to leave Hollywood, um, 
lived, I'd say, a normal Hollywood life of iniquity <laughs> for most of my young adult life, um, experienced a lot, made a lot of mistakes, um, had the requisite divorce and, you know, loss of, uh, of everything that, you know, God kind of smacks you when you, uh, when you put him aside and you think yeah. you're better than him. And so I can definitely speak to that. And that led me a uh, long and winding road to become a believer. Uh, it was actually, I have to give thanks to the lizard person, Governor uh, Newsom, <laughs> when he closed the churches in 2020 and declared that the choir stopped singing, something snapped in me and I immediately knew that there was a real war on God, that it was real. Amen. Yeah. And so um, that's what brought me really to God and God brought me to Jesus. There's a whole story there we can get into maybe later. Um but God dropped a song in my head. I'm a songwriter, and uh, among other things, and uh, brought a song into my head that the hook was, will you save me, Jesus? Will you save me, Lord? And um, there's a whole song about that we can share later. But um, the process of kind of unpacking that song and why it started echoing in my head when I was asking God, hey, I know there's a war against you. What can I do? Um, that started this amazing process of God bringing yeah, me to that, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, that's fascinating. You weren't a believer when that song was coming. Exactly. I was raised a secular Jew and spent a lot of my life as a, uh, a yogi, a devout yogi, practicing yoga teacher. Um, and through the process of writing that song, kind of hearing it in my head and making it real, um, came my questions for Jesus, and then came the answers. And that started my process of uh, reading the Bible, the New Testament, and studying it with friends and just uh, slowly but surely becoming a Bible-believing Christian. And that brings me to where we're at now. So I have a, you know, not quite podcast, but a weekly live stream I've been doing for over a year. And uh, before that, I took a year off. And before that, I was questioning COVID early on. And that's where I met um, some great people like some of the frontline doctors like Mark McDonald and Jeff yeah. Barkey. And um, that opened the door for me to be talking with people and looking at stuff like this. And just when I started hearing about the central bank digital currency, uh, it started fascinating me. And the more it's this thing, like the more you look into it, the more horrifying it becomes. Mm -hmm. And so um, that led me and that's kind of the short intro, if, there, if that is such a thing. It's awesome. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Um yeah, so uh, let's let's get into kind of crypto, um, you know, because demystifying crypto is not easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> because it, it, I mean, the whole world of that is it's so complex, and for most people, the concept of crypto and Bitcoin and you know the Bitcoin mining and you know the servers and you know all that stuff is. Um, is mind-boggling to to people who you know. I mean, shoot, I, I understand bartering, mm -hmm. and and I understand fiat currency. <laughs> you know, so you start to get into this stuff, and that's most people. You know, especially if you're not, um, you know, uh, technologically savvy, and you aren't a computer person. You know, that that just you know loves all of this stuff. Um, it, it's it's pretty crazy. So give, you know, give people you know kind of a short 
intro into crypto and kind of how it came about because now of course it's you know in the you know stream of of conversation all the time yeah um I'm, i want to get your take on ftx and all of that mm-hmm. because that of course just went down um you know total money laundering scheme in yeah. case uh, anybody's wondering there but uh but give us give us sort of the high level you know what crypto's about and all of that. Awesome, Bryce. Okay, absolutely. So first I want to say that surprisingly, the book Demystifying Crypto is very light on the actual nuts and bolts about crypto. Yeah. Um, Because I look at this discussion, because we're talking about the average person who lives in this kind of illusionary economy of the Federal Reserve and fiat, which just means government decree. So our dollar, of course, used to be based on the gold standard. Right. And you know, it used to be that the $100 bills said um, it was a gold standard. Like you could actually go to the bank back in the pre-1971 days and you can exchange your money for gold and they would give you the gold back from the Federal Reserve. Right. Um, when we changed over to the fiat system, it became the debt system, which is basically the printing money system. So it became an illusionary economy, meaning that our money now that people consider cash is actually worthless paper that because society holds the collective belief that it's worth something, we assign the value. Um, In fact, inflation just means that they print more supply And of course, because of the basic law of supply and demand, the more you have of something, the less valuable each thing becomes if there's a ton of it. And now they're printing money literally like it's going out of style. I like to say because it is going out of style because they're trying to move us over to the digital currency. Yeah, and that's that's their um, solution to a lot of the problems that they've intentionally created. Well, yeah, I'm glad you re- you mentioned that. It's the problem reaction solution cycle yeah. of, um, or in the Freemason language, it's the hidden hand of Freemasonry. Where I don't know if you've ever seen those Freemason. They put their hand halfway in their jacket, Mm -hmm. and it's basically symbolic of the fact that with the hidden hand, they create a problem, and nobody knows that they actually created it. And then it causes chaos, and in the ensuing chaos, they run in with their visible hand with the solution, quote unquote. Uh, And that's exactly what's happening here with uh, CBDC. So the way into crypto the way i like to look at it for people who don't have any experience with it is first to get into the why before we get into the what and the how um and so the book really takes on that first stage it's really why do we need to talk about crypto and in that context i talk more about what the CBDC really is, the central bank digital currency, not what they're telling us, like they're calling it the digital dollar. It's not a digital dollar, it's a programmable money token. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into all of the uh, nitty gritty about that, I think in this talk, because that's where all of the, the devil's in the details, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but in terms of crypto, I'll talk about Bitcoin separate from all the other crypto, because um, you can immediately get lost in the weeds. Yeah. Uh, talking about all of the different aspects of crypto and how each coin works. But let me keep it really simple. Bitcoin was created so that it can be mined, quote unquote, and it's mined with computers that crunch these algorithms. But if you make an analogy, it's like if you wanted to go mine gold, you needed pans and shovels and sifters. 
And so if you want to mine Bitcoin, you either need computers back in the day or you buy cloud service time or whatever and you buy into a mining pool. But it's the, the uh, idea is that Bitcoin is capped. There's only 21 million Bitcoin in the program and it can never be increased. So that means that there can never be inflation in the Bitcoin universe. And that means that when the last coin is mined, then there will never be another Bitcoin mined and the only Bitcoin you'll be able to get, you won't be able to buy it anymore. You'll just be able to do services and sell and trade and exchange with it. And so scarcity creates value and value goes up with uh, scarcity. That's the opposite of supply and demand. And Bitcoin is different from CBDC and different from cash because CBDC and cash can be created at the push of a button by the central controllers, mm -hmm. the Federal Reserve, the central banks, and Bitcoin can't. And so that's the, ba the main difference there is that Bitcoin is different from the central bank economy. They want to tell us that yeah. CBDC is a cryptocurrency. It's actually not. It's no, and it's centralized versus decentralized. Yeah. And, and yeah, when central authorities are telling you, oh, no, you know, we'll, we'll handle this for you, that's when you should be alarmed. Exactly. You know, the way I think about that and what really, I think, raised the, uh, lifted the veil for, uh, for me and I think for a lot of people was uh, what happened in Canada with the Canadian Freedom Truckers yeah. Convoy. And I think the whole world saw when, okay, so just for people listening who may not have been following, um, there was a time when they were pushing the vaccine mandates, the, the death jabs, they're not really vaccines, and a lot of the truckers didn't wanna take them. And there were laws that they couldn't, they couldn't work if they didn't take the vaccine or right. they couldn't cross the border. And so someone organized a trucker's convoy, and the idea in Canada was that they were going to bring all the trucks onto the road and they were going to block commerce. And that was going to call attention to the fact that they uh, something wrong was happening. And so this became a massive freedom protest. It was peaceful. Yeah. Um, and Trudeau, the uh, dictator, prime minister of Canada, came in and really clamped down hard. He declared almost like it was illegal to protest. I mean, we've seen that yeah. here in our country a little bit too. And um, he froze the bank accounts of the truckers. And then everyone who even donated, I think $25 or more to support these truckers had their bank accounts frozen for a period of time. And that was a kind of eye-opener where everybody was like, I, I didn't even know you can do that. Right, right. Um, and so CBDC, just imagine that on steroids where... They don't need to freeze your bank accounts because banks won't even really need to exist anymore with this central bank digital currency. They're, the banks will still be there, but they won't really have the same function. They're They'll processors like, at that point. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that, I, I'm, I'm glad that that happened because that was a turning point for a lot of people because you're right. They said, wait a second, how, how were they able to do that? And why did these banks go along with it? And why did these... Uh, you know, crowdfunding uh, organizations go along with it. And, you know, how is that possible? And then it, it, again, further shows you the illusion of liberty that we've enjoyed for a long time, where we weren't testing or pushing up against things that our government didn't want us to do. And the second that we did, or in this case, the Canadians, mm -hmm. boom, you just realize that, oh, no, we aren't really free. 
And yeah. uh, and that was the evidence. And of course, you know, I mean, Trudeau is you know one of the um, World Economic Forum you know young global leaders, right? And you know, he's he's right there with this globalist. Um, aim and push. I mean, he's in the club. So this Absolutely. is this is what they want to do. And the head of the uh, World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, yeah, um, who's the template really for all the evil characters, you yeah. know, from Doctor Evil oh, yeah. and the Austin Powers yeah. to the he's, um, our, he's our own Spectre Bond villain. and Bond yeah. villain. And he has said and bragged that he controls over half of Trudeau's cabinets and many of the yeah. cabinets in the world. Um, and so Trudeau, yeah, it, it's like Governor Newsom here. When they show their evil and they show their intent, uh, God has a way of turning that to good because without taking the veil off, people wouldn't see what's happening. And so um, that is a really good thing, actually, that they did that because now everyone can see. But I think you're right what, how you opened this today. That Not that I want to cause a panic at all with this book. I just want to raise kind of sound the four-bell alarm or the five-bell yeah. alarm, however yeah. many alarms bells you can have on the alarm on <laughs> sound them all yeah. on this is uh people aren't panicking because they don't really know what's happening and this is it's everything you could think it could be and then it's worse yeah i mean you know in, in um in china and i remember this this was a while ago um you know pre pre-pandemic and all of this and i remember uh seeing this as an example of oh this is what the authoritarians would like to do there's this kung fu guy, I mean, a um, martial arts, a, a mixed martial arts guy that went around China beating up the kung fu guys and all of the like traditional Chinese martial arts, right? Well, they take that very seriously, okay? And this guy was basically saying, hey, all of these, you know, kung fu and all that stuff, it doesn't really work in real fights, right? So he had his little mini U UFC crusade. And he would set up these demonstrations, you know, where the Kung Fu guy would say, of course, Kung Fu works. I'm going to beat you up. And then so they'd have this, you know, contest, agreed upon contest. And, and he would just wipe the floor with them. It wasn't even close, you know. And so he, it was great embarrassment. Well, the Chinese government and the powers that be did not like that he was embarrassing their traditional martial arts. So they turned off his ability to go on the high-speed trains, use vending machines. Now, in China, vending machines are how you get, like, a lot of stuff, you know? So he could not shop for things. He was essentially made to be a third-class citizen, and he, in a tearful apology, was apologizing to the Chinese people, basically saying, let me back in. Mm. Um, but... What they can do with this is the, the things that they want to do right now, the elites are talking about how we shouldn't be eating meat and we should be eating bugs instead. And I've talked about it on this show. They want us to eat insects and you things like that. Eat the bugs. Now, us as just, you know, small surf citizens, you know, small sea citizens, we could, you know, simply be that, oh, you ate too much meat this month. All of a sudden, your digital bank token doesn't work to buy mm -hmm. meat you know remember you can go into stores now and like with an hsa card a health savings account card everything is programmed so on a health savings account card which is supposed to be used for medical services and things like that that that's your money in that bank account it can't be used for other things you can't go into cvs you, you can buy the prescription you can't buy the bottle of beer you know so they've got things already programmed down to every single item has codes on them they will 
not allow your digital bank currency to work for certain items they don't want you to buy. Oh, you've you've done too many, you know, uh, too many things against the environment. Whatever it is, you know, yeah. too much gas. Absolutely, that's a great analogy too, Bryce, because the uh, they're going to put the carbon trackers in there, yep. and, and we can talk about carbon. I'd love to talk about photosynthesis and carbon for a minute later, sure. but um, let me speak to what you were talking about. I liken it to a Google alert. Like a lot of people hear these. Um, I'm not going to call them theories. They're actually just saying what's going to happen. Yeah. And some people uh, who, who don't get it yet, they vision in their head kind of the old Soviet model of tons of administrators monitoring all the phone calls and listening to everyone. And it's not like that anymore because we're not in the 1950s anymore. They're Actually, it's more like a Google alert where if somebody... If you want to monitor, you know, how often someone mentions your podcast or who says, you know, you can set these alerts in Google and you set it and forget it. And when something happens, it meets that criteria, bing, you get pinged and you get an email and you get a message and then you go and check and it's like, oh, you were mentioned on this broadcast and this, uh, this blog. And that's how the CBDC will be programmed using what you're talking about. They just program all the parameters and the artificial intelligence and the monitoring that is yeah. now set up everywhere yeah. is always watching, always listening, and actually will take very few human individuals to check and, and sometimes yeah, take that's action a, on that. Uh, that's a good point because you know you can't appeal to the AI. And the AI, they'll set these parameters. And good luck right now. You know, my wife spent. Uh, you know, we've got a coffee maker, like a elaborate coffee machine that. You know, it's not making the coffee hot enough. So my wife is kind of putting in a claim, right? We, you know, researched all these machines, you know, so it's a big, you know, big hassle. And, you know, we bought this, you know, fancy machine. It's not working right. So she's trying to just get a human being to help, you know, file this claim and get this thing returned mm -hmm. and, you know, replaced or fixed. And, you know, she's waited on the phone for an hour at one point and the, the person on the other end picks up and then they're saying, I can't hear you. Sorry. Goodbye. You know, kind of a wow. thing. You know, after an hour wait. So yeah. imagine uh, who are you going to appeal to? And are they going to care when yeah. they have set the parameters that, oh, no, you know, Evan, you don't get any more meat. You've had your allotment. Right. And like, um, let's talk about what happened in Colorado just a few months ago. We had a heat wave in Colorado and everyone in their home who had put in new heating and cooling systems and they had their meters changed over to mm. what are called smart meters. And you know, you're sold a bill of goods. They tell you, oh, this is gonna lower your energy costs and right. it's gonna monitor your usage and whatever. What they didn't tell people, and nobody even in their uh, wildest dreams could have imagined this would happen, is that in the peak of the heat wave, it's over 90 degree temperatures outside, people were unable to air condition their own homes because their quote unquote smart meters were shut off by the central location who said, oh, we're in an energy shortage now and you can't use your air conditioner. And they said, well, this is my home and it's my service and I paid for this and it's my equipment. And they're like, yeah, but you signed up for smart metering and that's you know good yeah. for the community that nobody air conditions their own home. So it's reached epic proportions of absurdity. Yeah. And where people are losing their rights to very simple, basic things you would think turning on the thermostat in your own house, if you're willing to pay the higher bill, should be your choice, but yeah. not with the central location. They will just shut it off. 
We have two major tragedies in this country that I take personally, and it's poor health and veganism. Battle both by ordering from my friends at Good Ranchers. 85% of all grass-fed beef is imported from other countries, but because they process it here, they can slap the product of USA label on it. Because of this, over 100,000 independent American farms and ranches have closed. Good Ranchers sells 100% American meat. A Good Ranchers subscription locks in your price to protect you against inflation. Enter code LIBERTY at checkout for $30 off plus free shipping or go to goodranchers.com slash liberty. Every item is steakhouse quality and you can order the finest steaks, seafood, and chicken at half the price of those other online meat guys. And I'll tell you, in direct head-to-head competition in my discriminating household, Good Ranchers just tastes much better. Enter code LIBERTY at checkout for $30 off plus free shipping or go to goodranchers.com slash liberty. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. No, they're, they're doing it to our water, you know, here, right? You can't water your lawns. You know, they did that through through the summer here. And... Um, and they measure you. So I live in a neighborhood, um, you know, you know, good sized homes, mostly retired people, very few big families in the in the houses, right? You know, it's older folks, you know, in this uh, gated neighborhood, and and so um, I've got I'm being judged by their water usage, mm. okay, in mostly two person households. Well, according to you know your water usage, you know, compared to your neighbors, I have four women in my house. <laughs> all with long hair and low water pressure and so you can't rinse product out of your hair and so you know i mean they're taking these long showers and all that stuff and i'm getting penalized for that so i'm paying you know twice as much water all that you know so they're setting all of these standards they're doing this in everything in our lives right now yeah that's the showers is a perfect another perfect example because i remember when these low pressure shower heads started i used to have longer hair mm-hmm. used to have hair um, <laughs> and i remember when they put those things in there my showers started getting a lot longer because of course, yeah. the, you can't rinse the soap out and i mean it sounds silly to be talking about that in a quote unquote serious podcast like this but you you nailed it because if you have long hair you're a woman or you're a guy with long hair and you get in a shower and it trickles out yeah. you have to stay in there and it's ironically you're using more resources uh, and that's how a lot of this stuff um, goes. With so many of these things, the you know the low flow toilets where you're you know I got to flush twice now. You know different all of this stuff uh, again. It gets to the point of absurdity uh, where they have these goals. Again, it's some central planner mm-hmm. or some bureaucrat or politician making these decisions. Well, let's just cut down you know the water flow to these people, and they'll you know and it'll use so much less, and we'll save all these gallons. Um, I don't think they ever really, and maybe they do, publish the you know real results of these things. But you know they're they're making our lives less enjoyable, less yeah. pleasurable. How do you know that? Go to a state that doesn't have California water restrictions and take a shower, and you're like, this water pressure is amazing. You know, you're getting yeah. you know hit by a fire hose. It's awesome. Well, you know, it's it's the same if you look at how these elites right now. There's these uh, the conference of the parties, the COP twenty seven which is, they call it the climate conference, but it's really the carbon tax uh, scheme cartel getting together to talk about how they're going to make our lives even more miserable. And some of the biggest, okay, so two things I want to touch on here in this little segment. 
I want to talk about the carbon emissions and I want to talk about that whole scheme. Go for it. Then I want to talk a little bit about photosynthesis and how the carbon thing is a big lie in and of itself. Okay. Because if we believe them that carbon emissions is the pollution that's causing climate change and not the particulates that they spray into the uh, air and the chemtrails and all that stuff um, where Bill Gates has that plan, you know, to lower the temperature on the earth. So now they're admitting that they're spraying stuff into the air to change the weather when they normally for the last 20 years said that was a total conspiracy. Now they're saying, oh yeah, no, it's a good thing. We're going to, we're doing it. We're going to do it. And um, okay. So if you believe that it's carbon dioxide, okay, then you know they're lying because the biggest emitters in terms of travel for carbon dioxide are private jets and yachts, which all these elitists use. In an hour, they burn more carbon and they emit more carbon than we do in in a year with our average thing. Evan, what you're not taking into consideration is it's not for them. Rules for for thee and not for for me is what they say. The the Um, serfs, they're the feudal class. And so let me, the other half of that is photosynthesis. When I was in fourth or fifth grade, we learned about photosynthesis, and that's the symbiotic relationship between humans and plants. And in the most simplest way, I know you know this, but we breathe out, and we breathe out carbon dioxide, and the trees, they don't breathe, but they absorb in the carbon dioxide, and they emit out oxygen and food. And so you put in, it's like a machine. If you wanna make lemonade, you need lemons and water and sugar. And those are the inputs. And you put all three of those in the machine and it comes out lemonade. If you were to take the sugar or the lemons or the water out of that machine, what would happen on the other side? You wouldn't get lemonade. And so what they're doing by saying we have to cut carbon, well, you've got trees that need carbon and they need water and they need sunlight and they give us oxygen and food. So if they're going to cut carbon from the input, what's going to happen on the output? We're going to get less food and less fresh air to breathe. And so it's a vicious cycle downward. Um, so it happens on two levels. On one level, they gaslight us about what the science is. And then on the other level, they use their fake gaslighted version of what the problem is. And yeah. they use that to control us. And then they exempt themselves from all of those things. So in the central bank digital currency, going back to that analogy where you were saying it wouldn't work to buy your meat, it's a perfect example because they're going to put these carbon trackers on everybody except themselves. And it's going to be built into the apps on the phone or however they yep. track us. And when you reach your allotment, you know, you may have to drive. I had to drive, you know, a long way to get here today. So that would take up all my carbon. If I wanted to go away on a vacation after that, they would say, I'm sorry, you can't because you had a long drive uh, the other day and you burned too much carbon. And the whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah, well, that's um, that's their plan. Again, you know, they, they'd like us to all be pod people, you know, uh, cranking out uh, whatever they want us to crank out or living on universal basic income. And, you know, I'm just... I've said this on the show before. Noah Yuval Harari, who's the um, mm-hmm. you know one of the great thinkers of the uh, uh, Klaus Schwab um, crew, uh, he he says, you know, what are we going to do with the useless people? You know? Yeah. What are we going to do with these worthless people? I think it'll be a combination of drugs and video games. Drugs and video games. That's exactly what he said. Keep us kind of happy. That's where and Klaus Schwab on the other side, you know, you will own nothing and you'll be happy. Yeah. And so they're going to make us happy by uh, drugging our water and our food supply, 
possibly changing our DNA. They're obsessed with that, yeah. with the DNA editing. Now, for all of you nut jobs out there that, uh, uh, that want to call us conspiracy theorists, they actually write this stuff down. They say this in their speeches. They talk about this. They sit and they, and they say that this is where we're going. This is what they want to do. This is what is going to have to happen in order for things to be sustainable upon the planet Earth. And they're going to be the architects of it all. Um, so they're nothing, doing it right now. In, yeah, uh, nothing in that we're conference. saying is is actually a, yeah. a, a theory, really, or a conspiracy. It's something that they are enacting, working on, pushing towards right now. Now, I have to make a little mea culpa because um, about 12 years ago, I was a very virulent climate action blogger. Uh-huh. And I was covering these uh UN conferences, and I went to the big one in Copenhagen back in 2009. I was a real true believer. I really believed everything. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you a little story about that. At the time, there was a uh, organization, an NGO called 350.org, and their whole premise was that we needed to get the carbon dioxide concentration in the atmosphere down to below 350 parts per million in order to sustain life and be sustainable. Now, I bought that hook, line, and sinker, and they were sounding an alarm back then that we were rapidly rising over 350. Now we're up to, I think, 420, 440 parts per million, which is still pretty low because if you go back to, like, the dinosaur era, remember, like, the the plants were huge and lush and everything grew really big back then. So when the light bulb finally went off for me, I worked for a number of years in the legal cannabis industry in California. And when I went through the process of uh, spending some time with the farmers and the breeders and learning how they grow, one day I was going through the greenhouse and they were explaining to me how during a certain part of the grow, I'm not a grower, but this is in plain English, anyone can understand this. During a certain part of the grow, they increased the carbon dioxide up to like well over a thousand parts per million, up towards like 1300 parts per million for a period of time. And what that resulted in, they told me, was massive growth of these. So the buds were bigger and the plants were more lush and they had a bigger yield. And that planted a seed to me where I'm like, well, how could that be then that our overall planetary atmosphere needs to be so low down to 350 parts per million if over a thousand parts per million actually makes plants grow more lush? Um, And then also more oxygen. Exactly. And so what, I don't know if you're familiar with about a year ago, they started talking about all these schemes to uh, dig holes in the ground and cut down trees and bury the trees deep underground somehow um, in an effort where they, they keep saying to fight climate change to fight climate change, but it actually, if anything, would cause more climate change because the trees are the biggest carbon sequestration yeah. that you can have is to plant more trees. And, and so all of the things that, it goes back to the days of the end days and the days of evil again, showing themselves because what's that quote from Isaiah 520, I think, woe to those who call good evil and yeah, evil, evil good, good yeah. and put sweet for good and good uh, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's exactly what's happening. Everything I learned as a kid is now being inside out and opposite and fed to us on the media as if that's the truth. And I'm like, well, well, then what did I learn my whole life growing up? It's absolutely maddening. And it all does fit into this uh, central bank digital currency because all of these lies go into their programming of how they're going to control us. 
And the idea that they can pre-program these tokens is the most insidious thing I think people don't really yeah. yet understand. Yeah, no, because with the you know the programmability of of those, I mean they they're going to know everything that you are doing, every move you make. In some respects, they already do because credit card companies, all that sort of stuff. It's just that it's not a central authority that has control over all of that. Um, you literally are turning your entire life over to a bureaucrat and you know AI and all of that that is going to control and monitor everything you do. Yeah, and it, it and the pre-programming. So it's even worse than with credit cards. They can find out. I mean, just recently with uh, Kathy Hochul in New York. Uh, started getting the credit card companies to put codes on people's gun purchases and yeah. ammo, and that's working its way through the courts. I'm sure it's uh, yeah. I mean, that's so that they can identify right enemies of the state. And because so, exactly. how else do you figure out who the enemies of the state are? Oh, it's those uh, those MAGA ultra those MAGA ultra MAGA Second Amendment people who believe in liberty and yeah. and the freedom. Um, and so. There's a big difference still between being able to monitor everything we purchase, which is our current system, versus being able to shut off the purchase before it even happens, which is what the CBDC will allow. And so it brings us to kind of the uh, Chinese social credit score uh, analogy, because it's really based on that. And I think a lot of people, I mean, I'm sure in your audience, everyone understands this to a large extent already. Um, but a lot of people in the middle, they hear communism and they hear uh, Chinese social credit. And they've been pre-programmed to kind of turn off to it and say, oh, that's just ultra MAGA talk or that's just more conspiracy. Uh, but it is we can describe what the central bank digital currency is going to be programmed like. But it already exists in China. Yeah. And what you talked about with the, the quote-unquote re-education of that multi-mixed uh, martial artist fighter who had to you know, basically beg for redemption and be yeah. allowed to join society, that's the end game of what they're doing. They want to be able to – it, I call it the all-in-one solution yeah. to censorship and cancel culture and social credit all-in-one. And you do, you do a good job laying that out in the book. Um, but yeah, that what what people uh, the insidious part of this is, um, and the and the left right now they they played this game with the vaccines, you know. Oh no, you're you do have a choice. Mm. You know, you just won't be able to work in your current job anymore. But you do have a choice, you know. And so they did that with this, yeah. you know, this Chinese guy was, you know, they he he still is able to do whatever he wants in society. He just can't use the fast trains. He just can't get the food that he needs. He just can't this. He just mm -hmm. can't that. But he has a choice. Yeah. You know? And so they, they play that game with you. And, and again, the left is already doing this. They, they, they love this because right now at the moment, it's directed towards people who want freedom and liberty yeah. and want the small government and want bureaucrats to stay out of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, it reminds me, of course, you know, I got to bring up the Nazi analogy again. It reminds me and this is the Jewish part of me remembering um, that poem of first they came for the Jews. And because I wasn't a Jew, I didn't say anything. And then they came for I forget the, how the exact poem goes, but they came for the gypsies and they came yeah. for the Catholics. And at every level, it's like, well, I wasn't one of them, so I didn't stand yeah. up. And then at the end, it's like, well, then they came for me, and there was nobody left to stand up for me. But yeah, and, and here's a message to the you know Antifa characters. You know, we have some in this community. I mean, they're kind of the pretend Antifa, <laughs> but they think high of themselves. Um, you guys aren't going to be in charge. 
Okay. <laughs> when they come to take over, you guys aren't going to be the ones leading. Yeah, they usually take, they, you know, and they call them the useful idiots, yeah. and they line them up against the wall, and they shoot them down. They're always the first ones that get yeah. kicked to the curb. Yeah. Wait, but wait, I was doing the work for you. Yeah. Yeah, dummy. Yeah, you did the hard work, and you got your, your hands dirty, and now... You know, we've seen how stupid you are, so we're going to eliminate all of you. Yeah, um, you're not going to have a farm. You're not going to be able to do your art. You're going to be kicked to the curb. Yeah, it's it's sad because, but you see it in a lot of ways with, you know, people like me who are just very secular, liberal person until I started to see evil being done. And as yeah. a true liberal, you see evil being done and you speak out. And so I see a lot of... You see it with some of the Jewish people like, um, you know, who come over and either become full believing Christians or you see them, uh, they'll speak at God speak sometimes. Yeah. And basically they spoke out and got smacked down and they learned like, oh, if you're not fully in line, they're coming for me next. And yeah. so people are starting to wake I, up the more they turn the screws. Yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic about the uh, true liberals, right? I mean, the left is, you know, very different monster. They, yeah. aren't, they aren't liberal actually yeah. at all. Right, they're uh, fascist. Yeah. Do you know whom you're voting for? With every product you buy and every dollar you spend, you are casting your vote. Devoted Capital offers values-based investing portfolios that are designed to help you reach your financial goals, all the while making a positive impact on your life and the world around you. They are dedicated to educating, engaging, and empowering you to be wise with your investments and to equip you to be knowledgeable with your vote. Visit their website at devotedcapital.com to learn more about values-based investing or dial 805-372-0821 to speak to your values investor advocate today. Investment advisory services offered through Alliance Advisory and Securities, LLC, registered investment advisor. Um, and uh, which, again, ironically, they call us fascists. Right. You know, it's uh, the gaslighting uh, yeah. supreme. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. Um, and, and yes, I do not want babies murdered in the womb, okay? They like to use that one. Um, yes, I don't think murder is a great idea. <laughs> um, but they, um, the true liberals are starting to wake up a little bit. The reason that we did not have, and a lot of people were, you know, very, um, you know, bummed out and depressed by the, you know, recent election results. Although there's some amazing things that happened, um, you know, I yeah. think we, we, um, it wasn't the apocalypse that some of the right is making. It wasn't the great celebration that some of the left is making it out to be. Isn't it strange though yeah. that in in Florida, where they have basically made election fraud impossible, yeah. there was a red tsunami. There. Oh yeah, oh, isn't yeah. that interesting? But everywhere else where they're still do all their shenanigans surprisingly there was no red wave or red yeah. tsunami i just find that very well, interesting well, well my my assessment and and i i'm glad to a certain extent that there wasn't a big red tsunami because we'd continue to go about things the way that we had gone, gone about them the, um the uh reason they went after Carrie lake so hard and they had to fortify that election and they had fortify. to have, that, they had big to have air that, quotes there they had to have that <laughs> slow process to make sure that they got what they wanted um is because that would have um, made arizona the next florida because she would have straightened out the uh, um elections For corrupt sure. election sure. system that they have there and 
they intentionally, I mean, they thrive in that chaos. And, um, you know, they, they uh, will stop counting votes as soon as they have all of the votes that they need. Right. And that's, that's the game that is played. It's as soon as a, a Democrat wins, they're done counting. Yeah. But if a Republican's winning, they'll count for yeah. weeks until it comes in. And I've, I've yet to see... Which is why 90% of the time it goes in favor of the Democrat of the longer that well, it goes. How, when do we see a big box of ballots that came in and, oh, they're all for the Republican? It oh, never look, happened. these are the... Of course, they're the Democrat ballots. They yeah. were just waiting. You know, well, every vote counts. We've got to put these in, too. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's amazing. amazing. It's amazing. Um, but, but along those lines, um, it has not gotten bad enough yet. Because you will have the traditional liberals, and, and they're starting to, to say, wait a second, this is nuts. None of this makes sense. No, I do not want this to happen. No, I do not think we should have you know, massive runaway inflation uh, you know, just to further a left-wing agenda. You know, no, I do not think that we should have you know, stroke victims in the Senate. You know, things like that have to get bad enough. It has to visit the door of the regular old school Democrats before they go, okay, hold on. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, on the other side, they used to say that about the Republicans all the time. Like, oh, uh, you know, I'll use gay rights as an example that only Republicans who ever came out for gay rights is because they had a child who came out as gay and then it hit them at home. now I'm opening a can of worms about the whole slippery slope. You know, that's uh, when I was a kid, I used to hear people like even as a Jewish kid, uh, per- secular again. But like my family, we we practiced a lot of the uh, the cultural stuff, you know, like the Jewish, uh, the Seder, the Passover yeah. Seder and stuff. And went to temple for the high holidays for Yom Kippur and, and Rosh Hashanah. But it was never like uh it was never at the forefront of our lives. We didn't really put God first. Like God was something that, and I think every family in the Jewish tradition is kind of different. Yeah. In my family, I think like a lot of them, uh, we knew there was maybe God, but there's a lot of questions. Right. Like, is there eternal life? Which is funny as a Christian, it's like, of course there's eternal life. Where are you going to spend it is the question, you know? Right. Um, but as a kid, I remember seeing Jerry Falwell at the beginning with the Moral Majority talking about the slippery slope, and I was too young even at the time to vote, but there was something I always believed in him and Pat Buchanan. Like I remember saying to my friends, like, I don't think those are bad guys. And they're like, oh, no, they're evil. They want to take away people's rights. And I said, no, you can see it in them. They have, they have something in their heart. They have God in their heart. They may or may not be right. Um, and there is something now where you look at the faces and the body language of um, uh, predominantly, I'll say Democrats, but I'll say the pro-abortionists. And I used to be a pro, you know, pro-abortionist. Um, not out there demonstrating, but I believed the whole talking points. Yeah. Now, until I saw some of the videos, um, and I did an abortion report, I think would be really helpful for people who are kind of in the middle or they have family or friends that don't really get it. Um, and there's a short link, actually. People can just go to evantalks.com slash abortion, and it'll forward to my video report on abortion that contains all of the information that was hidden from me yeah. that because I didn't see it, 
I was a pro-choice guy. It's like the way that the left works. Their euphemisms, everything that they do is great. And they, they know how to market it. Everything's inside out and gaslighting built in. And that's why so many people, I think, are so, they believe what they believe. Because first of all, they don't put God first. Right. So they're not taking their directives from God. So if you don't believe in God and you don't believe in the Bible, you don't have a foundation to measure everything against, to say, well, is this true or is that false or is this evil or is that evil? Um, when, I, I know I'm bouncing all over the place, but Sorry. when I was in high school, I sang in a choir and we used to do Christmas concerts, and our conductor, uh, God rest his soul, was a cantor named, uh, a uh, Hebrew singer named uh, Joel Pressman. And Mr. Pressman used to have us sing all the Christmas songs, and great, you know, we'd yeah. sing Handel's Messiah and all that. And I remember asking him, Mr. Pressman, like, we're Jewish, like, is this okay for us yeah. to sing, you know, all this stuff to Jesus? And he really opened my mind to the fact that when these when the songs were written to praise God, first of all, all the money was in the church and they found yeah. the best songwriters and all that. But it, I find later in life that my early experiences with kind of Jesus sprinkled into my life yeah. all have blossomed lately when I saw Amen. evil flourishing. And yeah. so I, I just think it's a call to everybody to see the evil, but don't be down about it because God works in mysterious ways and, and he, he uses, is in charge. uses these evildoers and uses these things that are happening. There's so much we didn't touch on. I know that well, time is well, running. Um, we're, I'm, I want to finish on one part that Go I think is it. important. Um, uh, but chapter 11, Mark of the Beast. Yeah. Um, you, you tie that all together here, uh, Microsoft, some of that. Let's, uh, let's hit on that. Okay. Um, so the first thing... The first layer is this coin, the central bank coin, that isn't necessarily going to be a physical coin. It's a digital thing. And as we've talked about in this discussion, everything is programmed in. Now, where Microsoft patent, I'll call it patent 666, it's actually patent W0-2020-0606. And so um, what that patent is, and you just shorten it to 666 at the end, is the English title, if you look it up, it's called Cryptocurrency Using Body Activity Data. Now, these patents exist, and what it basically describes in the um, abstract, which is the plain English definition of what it is, is that they can monitor body activity data, and everything from heartbeat and chemicals, electrochemicals in our body, and they can assign tasks to the body that when those tasks are performed, it's kind of like when you're playing a game and you reach a certain level and you get a flood of colors or a flood, you know, your rewards, quote unquote, in the game. That's how they indoctrinate people for this kind of stuff. And they can reward you with cryptocurrency based on your body performing data and tasks. So it is abstract and it sounds abstract, but what it really comes down to is that they will be able to ultimately merge this technology patented with the central bank digital currency so that you no longer need to hold your iPhone or your Android and use the app. It'll be built into the body interface that a lot of people, by the way, are saying these death jab injections have nanotechnology um, and not all of the injections, but a good portion of them are an experiment. 
on self-assembling technology. So another part of this, there's a guy named Charles Lieber who was arrested a few months ago uh, in a scheme of selling technology to China for self-assembling nanotechnology that could fit in the head of a needle. So literally could inject it into you build wires and things. So a lot of the blood clots that are coming out of people's bodies now that take these jabs that they find are long and fibrous and they're not organic material or they are organic material, but not the same as what was in a blood clot. It's made of all the metals that it pulls out of the body. And so if you put these pieces together, we can see a future where the people who don't get killed by these jabs and they perfect the way to self-assemble this technology in the body and then the body broadcasts through 5G, through your phone, through whatever device, and they're able to, everything we've talked about in this show, they're able to monitor your activity, they're able to turn on and off your currency. In Sweden right now, they already have microchipping where they don't need cards, they just wave their hands in front of the you know, scanner and they get to walk out and Amazon here and in certain places yeah, has the just yeah, walk out doing technology. It, you just walk out and it's already yeah. on your phone. Boom. And so this uh, Microsoft patent is, I believe, is the mark of the beast technology that will allow the prophecy from Revelation to come to pass where people have in their body and it's scannable and they will not be able to buy, sell or trade if they don't have it. And that's really the leads to the whole point in the book is why we need to get on these alternative currencies, specifically Bitcoin, that can't be controlled in these manners. And so um, that's the rallying cry of the book is kind of why. And then what comes after that is, okay, how to. And so that for that, I'm going to be running some courses and stuff. People can get on my website, eventalks.com, and they can learn more about Perfect. that. Perfect. Yeah, I was just going to ask, where do, where do they get the book, eventalks.com? Yeah, eventalks.com is the easiest place. Um, you, there's buttons right on that page to get it on Amazon. You can search for Demystifying Crypto on Amazon, or you can go to eventalks.com. Um, if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you'll see something called Programs in the footer menu. And that will launch um, the uh, waiting list sign up for this crypto uh, basics course that I'm going to be teaching. Great, great. Yeah, well, you know, people need the basics because it is not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not rocket science, but it does involve some uh, hoops and ladders you got to jump through. And so particularly for people who are not tech savvy, uh, that's what the basics course is geared towards. It's right. really just let's start to get comfortable with it because basically my mission is to get a million people who are going to be crypto proficient for this new economy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that we didn't get to, but I think people should watch the story is the FTX um, collapse. Oh, yeah. Because that was a uh, money laundering scheme. It was the number one two contributor to the uh, Democrat uh, mm -hmm. campaigns. Sending um, their money. They set up a yep. crypto donations page to support Ukraine. Yep. And then Ukraine turned that money right back around and they gave it to the Democrats. Yeah, which, you know, we've talked and I know the audience has heard me talk with Dr. Keith Rose that uh, the Ukraine has been long time the seat of money laundering and major corruption. Um, again, that doesn't mean we support Putin. 
Um, <laughs> but we can acknowledge yeah. the facts here, and it is uh, money laundering is what happens through those sort yeah. of schemes. Interesting that Putin supports Christianity and God and family, though. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I mean, listen, it, you know, again, he's. Uh, I, I do not think he's a good man, and I think he's a thug, and he's doing his thing. But uh, he might be a co-belligerent yeah. in the cause against the globalists to a it's certain true. extent. But he also is a young global leader of the World Economic Forum. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's like all, all these guys, all these guys. Yeah, it's all. <laughs> Uh, it's all bizarre. Yeah. Um, but anyway, well, hey, listen, thank you for coming in. This is great. I appreciate the time. And, um, you know, we'll we'll uh, get some people uh, on your books. And you laid it out really well. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. Great. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you for joining us on Liberty Station. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to us on Rumble, Liftable TV, or Spotify, or anywhere that you consume podcasts. Please text these episodes to your friends and support our advertisers.